I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP show. Full show notes for this episode can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 305. Before we chat with today's guest, here's a quick message from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by the 90 day mentoring challenge. I read once that the best way to be successful is to help other people become successful, which is why I provide this program for free. See? Alternative motives. If you want to be mentored in the next 90-day challenge, please go to nz365guy.com forward slash mentoring for more information. Now, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from the United Kingdom. He is a solution architect for D365 and the power platform at TSG. He's just been awarded his MVP in November of last year, so not too long ago. He likes comics, games, tech, and good food. He's self-proclaimed Jedi Master at Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. You can follow him on Twitter at D365Geek. Welcome back, Matt Collins Jones. Wow, what an intro. I need you to like follow me around and just introduce me into rooms because that sort of intro is <laughs> incredible. Um, yeah, self-proclaimed Jedi Master at Dynamics and the Power I Platform. Like it. Yeah, I like it. I don't know whether you saw recently, but um, I was on the I was on a couple of table talks for Embass, and they used my Twitter profile picture where I'd recently gotten a lightsaber. Uh, and I was just kind of thinking all these people with professional photos and then there's me there with a lightsaber, but Embass is on May the 4th. So I think it kind of worked out quite well for me in the end. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing is, is that, you know, there's our professional persona and then there's our persona and you're living up yours. Yeah. I kind of, I'm one of those people that likes to be who I am. Um, so you will see me with a geeky t-shirt on at most events and things like that. And it's one of the things that kind of it's commented on a lot. It's like, I love your t-shirt is all is the thing I get a lot. So That's sick. That's sick. Do you go out hunting these t-shirts? I I do. Uh, one of my, I get a, a daily email from a, a site that I frequent that does mashups of kind of pop culture and comics or anime or movies and things like that and they have daily t-shirts which i think is to avoid copyright so you get kind of uh godzilla versus king kong but it's donkey kong versus bowser and stuff like that um and all these cool mashups so i I tend to get most of my uh most of my t-shirts online and when a package arrives my wife's like okay what's he got this (laughs) what's he got this time so so what's the website uh, the website is Ripped Apparel, R-I-P-T Apparel. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, now everybody's going to be copying you. <laughs> well, I've got, <laughs> I've got a link if anyone wants some, some money off to get started. I love it. Why don't you flick it to me and we'll put it in the show notes and then folks can click on it and boom, they can uh, 
get some discounts. Nice. Um, yeah, I, you know, I ask that question, you know, when, when I hear somebody's interested into their T-shirts and, you know, I went through a period of time with every YouTube clip I did, I always had a, uh, a new T-shirt on. Like, it was never the same one as before. And, you know, I would go out, like, I'd go to Camden, you know, in London, Camden Markets, and go hunting for unique T-shirts by, you know, individual designers and stuff like that, just that were... I knew people wouldn't necessarily have found them anywhere else. Yeah. I remember at one point, I think I watched a video where people were sending you T-shirts. Yeah. And you were... You know, I was just the other day uh, on a, a live stream wearing one from the Serum Ninja, and uh, and the, he delivered that to me late one night. And well, you know, when I was living in uh, West Hampstead in London, and uh, yeah, there's this tall... F- you know, chap walking down the street, my wife and I were coming home and we're like, who's that up at our door? And uh, yeah, it was the man himself delivering a t-shirt for me to wear. And yeah, I've had them from lots of different people. Um, Really cool. But I haven't done, apart from my live stream every fortnight, I haven't been on camera as much these days as, as I did a whole stint of, you know, YouTube clips for a while. So yeah, interesting times. Tell me, you you know, I said in your bio that you're into comics uh, and games. What what are top of mind for you right now in that space? Um, so comics, I'm I'm loving uh, all the the Marvel um, like Disney Plus shows that have come out at the moment. So like you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we just had One Division that me and my wife watched. Um, my my wife's not a massive fan of of sort of like comic book heroes and and Marvel films, but the uh, the nineteen fifties aesthetic from the first episode, um, where if you've not seen it, it is all kind of um, I Dream of Genie or uh, I Love Lucy that that sort of aesthetic, and it kind of goes through the ages. Um, so those are kind of being been on my uh, my top list at the moment. My wife actually bought me a uh, a comic book. We we celebrated our one year anniversary last year. Um, it was it was funny as well because we've been together for ten years. We got married on our ten year anniversary, and um, we kind of said, "Well, do we celebrate the one year anniversary, which is paper, or do we still like celebrate the the eleven year anniversary, which I think is like steel?" Uh, and I'm I'm just there like. Do I buy her a sword or do I get her like <laughs> a picture or something like that? Um, and what she did is she bought me a a um, it was a an anniversary edition of uh, Batman. Um, so it was various Batman stories from prolific Batman writers because I'm a massive Batman fan. Uh, s- like signed by the creators as well. Um, so that. That's a very special gift that that she got me uh, got me recently, or you know, last year. It's last year. Oh wow, it's uh, it's May. <laughs> it's May already, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. This year is going so fast. I can't get over it. Um, do have have you got anything on Wonder Woman? Uh, I don't have any any comic books on Wonder Woman. I'm I'm a big Wonder Woman fan. I I recently watched the, the Wonder Woman 1984, um, and I've I really like the um I'll just back a little bit now, but the Justice League America, um, the cartoon series, uh, where it was literally just like in, in the first few series, like Wonder Woman and The Flash and you know, all those. And when you see that that version of Wonder Woman, um, especially in a lot of the DC animated films, because they're still pumping out DC animated films, 
it's quite she's a fantastic character and Gal Gadot is is great as a, a live action Wonder Woman but I think kind of with a lot of my superheroes those early cartoons are, are where I kind of stay so there's a new um I think it's called Justice Justice Society of America which is I think it's kind of like where the Justice League travel back in time like during the war and are fighting during the war which is another DC animated film that I need to check out soon um but yeah so why I asked, you know, the inventor or the creator of Wonder Woman has a very interesting history. Have you ever seen the movie? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Um, yeah, William Moulton uh, Martison, I think it was. And quite interesting in that um, I think, I, from memory, he is a psychologist. And so he created Wonder Woman around in 1940 time frame and uh but he had two wives and and i might have got that i mean i might have this totally wrong he had two wives and they lived together as in all three of them so they're a bit of a menage a trois you know full time and of course that was in a period of time where that in society would be absolutely frowned on and if i i'm not sure he might have invented the polygraph or something else like that like he was known for some major um, no, it was the, here it is. I'm just looking on, on Wikipedia here. The systolic blood pressure test. He was the inventor and the modern polygraph. Yes, he did invent the modern polygraph. I'm, I'm, I'm on the money there. And, um, yeah. So inter- with his wife, um, who was also a, a, a scientist. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a movie on it and it's quite intriguing because of this whole, um, uh, you know, life they lived. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was one of his students, um, as a lecturer became his other wife type thing or partner. Mm. But yeah, he, he, he invented Wonder Woman way back, you know, way back then. And it was, you know, probably one of the biggest pushes or shout outs for, you know, equality across the sexes and, you know, creating a strong woman where I think women in society, of course, had not been promoted in that way um, historically and, and probably for many years, you know, into the future from that point as well. Yeah, there's a there's a great quote by Stanley that I'll never be able to say accurately, but it's along the lines of that Marvel tells stories and they tell stories about people and from different backgrounds, from different ways of life but they'll always continue to do what's right and tell the stories that they think need to be told. So if you look at the uh, the recent Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but it kind of, it, it does it does two things quite interesting. It kind of talks about um, refugees being displaced and also talks about sort of the Black Lives Matter movement in, in a single story, and that's what Marvel are really synonymous for. And I remember there's a there's a comic book f- um, for Spider-Man where Peter Parker, I think, gets mixed up on, in drugs. And it was the only comic uh, that, at the time, did not get released with the comic book code of conduct because they deemed um, drug abuse to be something that shouldn't be... Um, shouldn't be told. And Stan Lee said, I'm going to print it anyway because this is a story about trying to help people that are in bad situations and that story has to be told. Um, and I'm going to do it regardless of what you say. 
And that's what you kind of like from people, those leaders, where they just say, do you know what? It's not PC right now, but I'm going to say what is right and I'm going to do what is right. And history can be the judge. I might might get a bit of hate for this, but I find Elon Musk very much sits in that camp. There's an element in what he says and does that he goes, you know what, I don't give a fuck about what you think. Um, this is this is it. This is what I think. And it's often right on the money, I feel. Yeah. Th- those sorts of uh those sorts of industry leaders are not always um PC, but most of the time they, they tell you what's right or you know, they know they're smart enough to see what is the future. Um so well only time will tell. Totally, totally. Tell me, how did uh, how did you end up becoming an MVP? Oh, uh, so I I've always looked up to a lot of the the MVPs and a lot of the, the people in this community. Uh, most notably, people like Sarah Critchley, uh, Adam Vero, um, Strat Giroux, um, uh, Neil Parkhurst, and you know everyone. So when I started my journey, I kind of, I I didn't know what an MVP was. Um, It took a little while to find that out. Um, And when I found out what the program was, what it meant to people uh, and the people that were being awarded, I kind of decided to myself that that's something that I want to do. You know, I'm going to set my sights on a goal um, and the goal is to to impart knowledge, to teach and to learn, and hopefully through those things um, be awarded the, the MVP. Um, so I was kind of doing some blogging, doing some speaking, and, and you know I started a YouTube channel to um, start learning out loud um, how to use Flow. And uh, I got approached by uh, Mr. Eric's survey. Um, in Canada, um, I, yeah, I probably butchered his name there, but um, he uh, he 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 reached out and just said, you know, you, you're doing some awesome content. Uh, I love what you're doing. Uh, have you ever thought about becoming an MVP? I thought, Do you know what? Yeah, I, I have. It's something that I'd I'd love to get one day. Um, would, would you mind, you know, having a look at what I'm doing, giving me some advice, maybe mentoring me a little bit? Um, and he just went. Matt, you're smashing it. It's, it's, you know, just just send me your email address and we'll sort out the rest of it. And I, I was very thankful and very appreciative to him to nominate me. And he kind of helped guide, help helped to guide me through the process and uh, do everything. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of November first last year. Uh, I got an email uh, while I was playing. Uh, I was, what was I playing at the time? I was playing Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, at the time and I saw it ping up on my phone and I was like right I don't want to read that email just in case it's bad news <laughs> uh, luckily it wasn't and then like uh, I had uh, I had uh, Malin uh, Martinez messaging me she's like have you have you heard anything today like um, and I was there like just trying to play Joe's sister shoot <laughs> uh, and eventually I picked up the email I was like oh uh, I got <laughs> got awarded the MVP today and my wife's there like congratulations and yeah all that stuff. So it was uh, it was an interesting journey. Very, very, very cool. Have you, you know, it's interesting you chose YouTube, right, as your, your channel and different MVPs use different channels. Some people build apps. Some people um, 
you know, particular thinking of the XRM toolbox and all the, and the tools around that, and then browser plugins, etc. That we see the the is some of the tools that are built. Other people write books. Some people, you know, do a lot of public speaking. Some people write a lot of blog posts. Some people jump in and answer a lot of questions on the forum. What you chose YouTube um, over these other channels, and I'm seeing the rise of a lot of YouTubers in the power platform space, which I think is phenomenal. And and the reason I think that it it is great, I, I you know, whether I don't know if it is or whether there's been any studies done on this, but as a form of learning. You know, um, Saatchi and Saatchi, you know, were great marketers um, <clears throat> through the 80s and 90s. And one of the things that they were known for, well, they published a book called Sysimo, which stands for Sight, Sound and Motion, which, you know, just the the, the start of those letters. Um, and they found that ads were often more memorable than scenes and movies and things like that. And that there's a synaptic connection in the brain that is activated more or, or, or solidified better when there is sight, sound, and motion. So, you know, using two senses, your hearing, your visual, and then that there is animation, there's movement, there's, it forces a level of focus, I suppose, um, and engagement. And then, so I'm wondering if, and, you know, my theory is, is that definitely YouTube is probably one of the the quickest ways to grow, create a profile, create a brand um, online and around the power platform and really grow your presence. But of course, the the flip side of YouTube is that it's a lot of effort, right? You've got to edit these videos. You've got to record probably more time than what you publish. There's there's a lot of work and skill to to kind of get your pattern, your your formula right, and and do it consistently. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I I started off by writing writing blog posts and, and answering questions in the forum, but what I found was that I was spending so much time because you would have to detail every little step. So you'd like, you know, you click here and then you click this button and it'll have a drop down and you click this button and then you explain what that is and you do this. And that's kind of long-winded to put in an article. So I was spending so long on articles and I kind of also appreciated that not everyone is a just a, a visual learner that they can read things and just take it in that way. They may need to see something, as you say, in motion. So when I started the YouTube, it was more around the idea of let's let's get another uh, mode of teaching that I can use to impart some knowledge and to teach something. So, you know, if you look at, you know, especially a lot of my videos are, taking a you know we don't look at the whole thing we take we take kind of a, a small concept we dive into it we explain it we go through it we give examples we do tests and we show and you know if you watch some of those videos not everything that i do is always a hundred percent um some things fail but it's all about how you kind of troubleshoot those things and go okay well that didn't work and oh it's because there's a missing you know uh, apostrophe here or, or something there uh, to try and help people and I didn't know whether the I didn't know whether my YouTube channel would take off or not. I made all the content, um, firstly to try and help people, but secondly because I have a 
terrible memory. And I watch my own videos on a daily basis um, just to remember how I did something or, or to refresh my memory on how something is supposed to work when I can't quite work out the syntax. But I thought if I if I want to learn this and if I want to record something so I have it, then at least I can always go back to it if it doesn't help anyone else. But I'm always really surprised when I get messages from people to say, hey, I just watched your video. It was really helpful. It, you know, I couldn't find anything else about this online. You saved me hours of troubleshooting this because I could just watch your video in five minutes and get the answers that I needed. So thanks. Yeah. Amazing. And I mean, all up, you've created, what, 380 odd videos? Yeah. Um, you know, over a quarter of a million views across those. Uh, that's massively impressive, man. I you know, I didn't quite realize how big it was going to be. Um, and when I when I hit that 100 subscribers, I thought, yes, I made it. I got 100 people to just click a button and then ignore every video that I'm going to put out. <laughs> but now I'm like, I'm one subscriber away from like 2,100. Uh, you know, as you say, over a quarter of a million views. I've, you know, had so many watch hours. I think, just looking at my, my statistics, nearly 10,000 what hours of people watching that content so I, I know how impactful that's been to other people as well as me and that makes me feel good when i get up in the morning yeah i bet i bet amazing amazing stuff and um you know really i think you know you've got a a, a model there that other people can pick up areas the you know of the power platform and do similar type things um, oh, and there's absolutely. a demand, you know, people, people can consume it on mobile, they can consume it on desktop, it, it really works anywhere, you know, while they're catching a train or bus or something like that, commuting, um, they can be learning. So well done, well done. Yeah, I also um, think YouTube's a really yeah. interesting medium as well, because I I don't have a TV in the conventional sense, we don't watch you know, Sky or Virgin or, you know, network, that sort of thing. So what we watched for years was just YouTube videos. So I watched YouTube videos of people eating food in Japan. I watched people giving um, motivational advice. I watched videos of people playing computer games. That's my TV. That's my medium. So this just kind of, kind of felt like, hey, you know, if, if they can do it, how hard can it be? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Very hard is the is the, is the yeah, answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of effort goes, Yeah, a lot of effort, but it's worth it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, I see our time's already up, so uh, time to face your questions. Okay, here you go. If you could write a book, what would you write it about? Uh, how to relationship. Nice. What is something you are certain you'll never experience? skydiving why not man (laughs) Uh, well it's one of those things like would i prefer to be on a boat or be in a plane crash i was like i'm pretty sure i can swim better than i can fly (laughs) (laughs) yeah true uh what's your guilty pleasure uh probably food just just chocolate or street waffles or just anything oh, ice cream. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah, yeah nice. Um, on Netflix or um, Disney uh, Plus or, you know, whichever streaming channel, which series have you watched end-to-end, kind of like done a marathon on? 
Oh, uh, we've just gotten up to date by the last series. So it's not on Netflix of um, Superstore, and we watched I think five seasons in the space of uh, like a month. What's Superstore? Never heard of it. Superstore is a show with uh, Colton Dunn, because I know him from Rooster Teeth days, and America Ferrera, who was in Ugly Betty. And it's a show about a bunch of people that work at a uh, like a big like Walmart esque store in the US. But it's um, you know the the general manager is uh, a, a a devout Christian with like. 17 adopted children um the the main character is um you know a mother struggling to make ends meet and uh just it's just comedy ensues between all these mishmash of characters all coming together it's great I so is it is it kind of like in the office type genre in the yeah. uk office type? yeah nice, yeah nice. But it's like the first few series are just hysteric like we have to pause it and just laugh for five minutes before wow. we continue it's great gold gold is it is it created in the in America or the UK? I think it's a US show. Oh, okay. Because there's a there's a big difference between UK humor, right, and American humor. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's funny though. Yeah, nice. Would you rather experience the beginning of the planet or the end? The end. I want to see how how I see how it ends. You know, I was watching on YouTube the other day uh, a drone footage of a guy that flew his drone over this volcano that's going off in Iceland at the moment. Yeah, I saw that. And, and did you see him lower it until it ultimately got consumed? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wow, I wonder, like it, mount, like it literally mounted, like he was streaming it out, obviously, and yeah, wicked. Um, describe your worst date ever. Worst date ever. Oh, so I went on a date with a woman that I I met on Valentine's Day in a bar when I was out with a friend. Um, she was a lot older than me, but uh, we went out on a date and uh, we went to a restaurant and she, <laughs> she pulled out her own mayonnaise from her handbag. Uh, and I did not know that people carried around mayonnaise in handbags. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't go anywhere after that. Well, random, random. Mate, it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for having me, Mark. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP Mark Smith, also known as the NZ365 Guy. Please like and subscribe in your favorite podcast player. If you want to leave a review, go to nz365guy.com forward slash review. As always, stay safe out there and see you next time.